Hello listeners and welcome to Between the Leaves. I'm Ellen Van Nirvan, writer and editor, and I'm here with Hermina Burns, poet and educator. In each episode of Between the Leaves, we will read a range of poems written by women and the gender diverse. Hermina, this is our last episode. How does it feel? It feels wonderful to have actually been able to do eight episodes that bring poetry and the voices of female poets to a wider and a new audience, I hope. But it's also been terrific developing a friendship with you, which started when I read your poetry and was blown away by it, respected it enormously. But then getting to know you personally has just been a terrific thing in my life. Yeah, it's been so nice. And I really just really enjoyed sharing of poems um, that we wouldn't have necessarily known without each other, that sort of gathering and exchange. And yeah, it's been it's been really beautiful. I think poetry can you can be reading about somebody else's experience and a past experience, but it brings something into your own life and actually confirms something about your identity, your own identity, because it we inherit these things. Mm. And that's a really good segue because this episode is titled The Natural World, so we will be talking about place and country and just go through a whole range of journeys by a range of different poets. Mm. Um, I feel strangely sad that we're sort of towards the end because it's just been such a great consolidation of ideas and... I'm particularly glad that we chose this one for the end because I do believe this selection is like the most meditative um, poems, most reflective poems, and maybe a good way to circle back to the beginning as well. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge First Nations elders, past, present and emerging as the traditional owners of the country we are speaking on and the first poets of this land. Our first poem is I Go Down to the Shore by the American poet Mary Oliver. I go down to the shore in the morning And depending on the hour, the waves are rolling in or moving out. And I say, oh, I am miserable. What shall, what should I do? And the sea says in its lovely voice, excuse me, I have work to do. Gorgeous. Uh, For listeners who might not be familiar, who was Mary Oliver? Well, she was a poet who walked in the woods every day Mm, mm, mm. and was very attentive 
to the life in the woods and the life of the woods. She had, in one sense, a kind of, she calls it, you know, a pastoral childhood, but she was sexually abused and that left a dark area in her life. But she turned to the natural world, found she could love it, not because it was always pleasant, but because its otherness, its quality of concrete existence, its toughness, its ruthlessness, its beauty, it took her out of her own emotional quarantine, that's a current word, and so she wrote her poems. Because they're very accessible poems, she's been rather sneered at by particularly male critics, Um, but I think the clarity of her observation of the natural world and her tremendous respect for it as an independent thing to be both treasured and worked with, not kind of, you know, dug up and destroyed. I think it's that connection with the natural world and the clarity of her observation of it that I have tremendous respect for her as a poet. The next poem you'll hear is Dear Ancestors by Curly Saunders. Dear Ancestors, I just want to make you proud to carry your stories back to the water they were birthed in, to show little eyes where to look, to leave prints for little feet to follow, to rehome your strength, your voice, your spirit in the bodies of future elders, to teach them how to listen more than they speak just as you are showing me. We're going to go to a different continent and a different century. We're going to have a poem which has as its first line, this is my letter to the world. And it's by Emily Dickinson, the American 19th century poet. This is my letter to the world that never wrote to me the simple news that nature told. With tender majesty, her message is committed to hands I cannot see. For love of her, sweet, countrymen judge tenderly of me. The next poem is Three Trees by Gabriella Mistral. Three trees. Three fallen trees lie by the wayside. The woodcutters forgot them, and they're talking, busy with love like three blind men. 
The setting sun spills out its bright blood on the split branches, and the wind bears the fragrance of the open flanks. One twisted holds out its huge arms with trembling leaves towards another, and its wounds are like two eyes full of pleading. The woodcutter forgot them. Night comes on. I'll stay with them. I'll take them into my heart with their meek resins. They'll be my warmth. And day will find us in a grieving heap, silent, clinging to one another. Mm. Gabrielle is one of your favourite poets. Hey. Hey, yes, she is. She's a name that I would love everybody to know. She's a Chilean poet. She was the first South American poet to win the Nobel Prize for Literature and one of, you know, a handful of women to win that prize. She was born in 1889 in Chile and she took children and nature seriously. She took love very seriously, but she had a commitment to social justice and poetry. Nice combination. She served Chile as a cultural envoy and ambassador, and she was one of the founders of UNICEF. So an activist, a feminist, and never quite fitted in. She was also an exile for a large part of her life from her home country. Gabriella Mistral is a name she gave herself. And it's from the Archangel Gabriel and a f- extraordinarily fierce French wind. So she came up with Gabriella Mistral. I believe you are going to treat us with one of your own poems next. It's just a short poem called The Bay at Separation Creek, which is a little curved bay with lots of rips and no really safe swimming area. Uh, Quite wild because it's on the Great Ocean Road on the edge of the Otway Ranges where they thrust their noses down into the sea and disappear underwater, tracing towards Tasmania and Antarctica. So here's the bay at Separation Creek. When a perfect storm unblankets Howie's beach of yellow sand, afterwards, stones like everywhere exposed, startled, like bushrats or wombats surprised at watery edges, or echidnas rolled defensively to balls against slippery backs of seals. As absent sand reveals nothing more than round, eroded stones, damp to the touch of a human hand, it too, beaten by weather 
and veined with impermanence. Mm. Sounds like a beautiful place, Hermina, and one that you are, are very fond of. You write very tenderly of that place. What led you to write this poem? I'm glad you used the word tenderly there because that was the feeling. I was grieving for a dead husband, but I was also grieving a little for the beach, which had been completely stripped of all its sand in this terrible storm. And now, these days, the sand is all back over the rocks, but it's as if the skeleton of ancient ancient times had just been revealed. And then all the things I refer to, the bush rats, the wombats, the, the echidnas, the seals, they're all things I've seen near the creek that comes out into the bay at that point. And so it's kind of a, a, it's a place of solace, it's a place of diverse life and of permanence and impermanence all the time all at the same time and i think that sense of flux of change but surviving change and weathering change was was important to me at the time i wrote the poem The next poem is Chestnuts by Lula Rodopoulos. It speaks about the way the natural world persists in the face of overdevelopment and decay in city sprawls. Chestnuts. Chestnuts brood in the embers of cynicism, hiss their anger. Weeds engulf railway lines supplanted by unfinished roadworks. Lone cinema hotel closed. Denuded shops plastered with yellow for rent signs. Hospital staff unpaid, closure rumoured. Decaying rural properties entice foreign takeover. Austerity measures. Elderly recall famine. Hooded masses protest. Politicians grovel to the EU. Youthful gloom lines coffee bars overlooking the Bay of Nafpaktosh. Scruffy males stake an intersection wash windscreens to wipe destitution from their lives, lounge on median strips, wait to jump a Dalika to their destiny. Lives scuttle through crime and exploitation across inhospitable borders. Unease squelches underfoot bitter orange fruits that litter pavements in this layered country of poverty. Rivulets of melting snow 
fan out from mountain peaks, endeavour to expunge despair. But chestnuts brood in embers of cynicism, hiss their anger. Mm, I love chestnuts hissing their anger as sort of a, the the opening and the closing couplet. Um, who was Lula Rendopoulos? She was a Greek-Australian activist, feminist, poet. She lectured in social work. She was born in 1944 and became a member of the Victorian Women's Trust, serving as its chair soon after the establishment of that trust. It was established in 1985. In 2015, her family opened a sub-fund in Lula's name at the Victorian Women's Benevolent Trust, and that trust provides grants to aspiring women writers. The next poem is by me, Ellen Van Nieuwen. It's called Whole Lot. Family, earth, dingo, eagle, fire, food. Whole Lot. It's all of those things. What we eat comes from our roots. If we stop sharing, there will be nothing. We start with black. Let it get hold of you. Look at the stars. Or are you afraid to? The day shows countries spread open. A map of all that was and will be. Don't forget it. I'm tracing it to remember. Don't be scared. We are not here until we sit here. We sit in silence and we are open. There's different kinds of time. I hope you'll understand. Sing it. I want this to be here when I leave again. I've been leaving a lot of times, but it doesn't mean I want to. There's no easy way to cry. Tell them I'll be back soon. When I come back and sit here, I want to still see Mibon powering through the sky. Let me tell you with my skin, under the earth we will find whole lot. It's all of those things. What a poem. Ellen, can you tell us about the specific place it feels to be talking about? Mm-hmm. And could you tell us about you want to see Mibben still powering through the sky? Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. for me, this is as much about a place as it is an identity. 
So I'm Mullinjali. We're the Wedgetail Eagle people, which is, you know, our word for Wedgetail Eagle is Mibben. That's our totem. So for me to see Mibben above us is always a, a, a sign, you know, a sign that we are, are being looked after and protected on country. And Mullinjali is a clan of the Yugumbeh Nation and our borders are the Logan and Albert Rivers just south of Brisbane. For me, this is, yeah, very special country. Obviously means a lot to me, but I carry it with me um, no matter where I am. And so I feel there's no, yeah, there's no separation between me and this place. You've been listening to Between the Leaves podcast, proudly brought to you by the Victorian Women's Trust. If today's topic has raised any issues for you, help is available. Contact 1800 Respect or see our show notes for a full list of support services. For more information about this podcast, visit betweentheleaves.com.au and follow at Between the Leaves Pod on Instagram. You can also find out more about the Victorian Women's Trust via their website, vwt.org.au, or follow them on social media at Vic Women's Trust. All of the poems you have heard today were handpicked by your hosts. Amina Burns and me, Ellen Van Nieven. Our co-producers are Mary Crooks, Maria Shakuti, and Ali Oliver Perham. Between the Leaves was recorded at The Voice Plant in Brisbane, Squeaky Clean Studios in Melbourne, and mixed by Nicholas Pollock. Thank you for listening. <laughs>